I'm going to try and condense all that's in me. Uh, but you've heard already uh, what I think Holy Spirit wants to say because uh, what has been spoken this morning through uh, Joel and Kate and the songs that we've sung uh, is already saying <laughs> what I'm going to say. So I'm going to try and... Con- I've got pages of notes. And my head is full. But let me start here. We're going to play a video in a moment, but I just want to read some scripture. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. Proverbs 21, 21. By the way, I'm going to go back. I'm going back on something that we touched on last week. Matthew um, 5, 7. Uh, Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be fulfilled. Sorry, will be filled or they will be satisfied. Those who hunger and thirst, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for righteousness. Righteousness is being, it's been going around in my head. I walk in righteousness in paths of justice. This is Proverbs 8, 20. Humans, uh, sorry, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. James 1, 20. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Psalm 97 verse 6. I will present profound arguments for the righteousness of my creator, says Job. In 36.3. But these are Jesus' words. From Matthew 5.20, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the law, then you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Your righteousness matters to God because he is a righteous God. So righteousness is his nature. Righteousness matters. It's important to him. It's all the way through scripture. But we're going to show you a little uh, video clip. Uh, of righteousness and justice and uh, and explains this explains an awful lot that saves me waffling and trying to explain it it'll be clear I'm going to ask you to really listen really look and then I'm going to ask you a question at the end about what you see what struck you what just not everybody but uh, I'm going to ask you a question thanks Daniel If you were a praying mantis, it would be socially acceptable to devour your mate. And if you're a honey badger, you have no regard for other animals. You don't care. If you're a panda with twins, it's normal to abandon one to take care of the other. But if humans do any of these things, we would call it wrong, unfair, or unjust. Yeah, why is that? Why do humans care so much about justice? Well, the Bible has a fascinating response to that question. On page one, humans are set apart from all other creatures as the image of God. Yeah, God's representatives who rule the world by his definition of good and evil. And this identity, it's the bedrock of the Bible's view of justice. All humans are equal before God and have the right to be treated with dignity and fairness no matter who you are. And that would be nice if we all did that. But we know how the world really works. And the Bible addresses that too. 
It shows how we are constantly redefining good and evil to our own advantage at the expense of others. Yeah, self-preservation. And the weaker someone is, the easier it is to take advantage of them. And so in the biblical story, we see this happening on a personal level, but also in families and then in communities and in whole civilizations that create injustice, especially towards the vulnerable. But the story doesn't end there. Out of this whole mess, God chose a man named Abraham to start a new kind of family. Specifically, Abraham was to teach his family to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Yeah, doing righteousness, that's a Bible word I don't really use, but what comes to mind is being a good person. But what does that even mean, being good? The biblical Hebrew word for righteousness is tzedakah, and it's more specific. It's an ethical standard that refers to right relationships between people. It's about treating others as the image of God. With the God-given dignity they deserve. And this word justice, it's the Hebrew word mishpat. It can refer to retributive justice. Like if I steal something, I pay the consequences. Exactly. Yet most often in the Bible, mishpat refers to restorative justice. It means going a step further, actually seeking out vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them. Yeah, some people call this charity. But mishpat involves way more. It means taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing social structures to prevent injustice. So justice and righteousness are about a radical, selfless way of life. Yeah, and you find this idea all over the Bible. Like here, in the book of Proverbs, what does it mean to bring about just righteousness? Open your mouth for those who can't speak for themselves. And what do these words mean for the prophets, like Jeremiah? Rescue the disadvantaged and don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant, the orphan, and the widow. And like here, look in the book of Psalms. The Lord God upholds justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, and sets the prisoner free but he thwarts the way of the wicked. Whoa, he thwarts the wicked? Yeah, in Hebrew, the word wicked is rasha. It means guilty or in the wrong. It refers to someone who mistreats another human, ignoring their dignity as an image of God. So justice and righteousness is a big deal to God. Yes, it's what Abraham's family, the Israelites, were to be all about. They ended up as immigrant slaves, being oppressed unjustly in Egypt. And so God confronted Egypt's evil, declaring them to be rasha, guilty of injustice. And so he rescued Israel. But the tragic irony of the Old Testament story is that these redeemed people went on to commit the same acts of injustice against the vulnerable. And so God sent prophets who declared Israel guilty. But they weren't the only ones. There's injustice everywhere. Yeah, some people actively perpetrate injustice. Others receive benefits or privileges from unjust social structures they take for granted. And sadly, history has shown that when the oppressed gain power, they often become oppressors themselves. So we all participate in injustice, actively or passively, even unintentionally. We're all the guilty ones. And so this is the surprising message of the biblical story. God's response to humanity's legacy of injustice is to give us a gift, the life of Jesus. He did righteousness and justice, and yet he died on behalf of the guilty. But then God declared Jesus to be the righteous one when he rose from the dead. And so now Jesus offers his life to the guilty so that they too can be declared righteous before God, not because of anything they've done, but because of what Jesus did for them. 
The earliest followers of Jesus experienced this righteousness from God, not just as a new status, but as a power that changed their lives and compelled them to act in surprising new ways. Yeah, if God declared someone righteous when they didn't deserve it, the only reasonable response is to go and seek righteousness and justice for others. This is a radical way of life, and it's not always convenient or easy. It's courageously making other people's problems my problems. This is what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about a lifetime commitment fueled by the words of the ancient prophet Micah. God has told you, humans, what is good and what the Lord requires of you is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Okay, quick question. Thanks, Daniel. What jumped out at you? Anything? Oh, you're just going to stare at me? It's, it's The right relationship? Do you want to just unpack that a little bit? The word righteousness means right relationship. Yeah, right relationship. Yeah. Denise? Okay. Um, Well, actually, I also said right relationship between people, treating each other as the image bearers of God. Yes, Yes, good, isn't it? Yeah. Anybody else got any thoughts? I know you've got your thoughts, but you just don't want to talk to me. I know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're making me walk. You could have just called my attention before I got all the way over there. <laughs> um, I was thinking that, like uh, Kate said earlier, it's what we're doing at the food bank. Yeah. Listening to people, building them up. Yeah, yeah. That's justice, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Uh, anybody else? See, there is a theme here. God is going ahead. Uh, he's drawing us into his kingdom so that his kingdom advances through our lives, lived righteously. You see, righteously, if I was to use that word several years back in my own journey, I would have thought it meant that I was actually perfect, that I was actually, I didn't have problems and pressures and insecurities and stuff, that I was, I was always righteous, I always did the right thing, never lost my temper, never said to a lady who shouted, me, shouted at me in my car, I won't repeat myself, that was last week. I've had to explain that to my mum, because she watches, listens to the podcasts. So she said, I haven't listened to last week. I said, oh, uh, yeah, well, let me just tell you, um, I gave an illustration, and, explain, and, I, and that's not really me. Um, it, but it was really me. <laughs> and I would think, oh, I'm so unrighteous. But, and I would overlook the fact that actually God's called me righteous. He calls me righteous. He's made me righteous. He's clothed me with the righteousness that I don't deserve. And, it, and it's made an impact on me in the way that I choose to live. You see, the righteousness that we experience has to have an effect. You see, if you're, if you're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for community, then you're missing out on something. Because God says, I plan to fill those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I wrote down here the word blessed. I talked about it last week. Um, it, 
in a broader sense than just being happy. It means that these people will have a good life. They're having a good life because, not because they're hungering and thirsting, but because of their hungering and thirsting, they're going to be filled. They're going to be satisfied. They're actually going to get what, they, what they're longing for. That this community would be transformed. That this family of mine would be transformed. That this life of mine would be transformed. I'm hungering and thirsting for what should be full stop. For what should be. But if I don't hunger and thirst, then I won't pursue it. And, and you see, we're challenged to pursue it. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. They will. That's what I said right at the beginning, Proverbs 21, 21. You have to pursue righteousness. You have to develop a hunger and a thirst for it. But you need to know what it is. It's not being perfect. It's actually choosing to live for others. Because of the love that you've received... You have to live it out. You have to allow what God has done in you, clothe you with a righteousness that you don't deserve, then begin to seek righteousness on behalf of other people and justice for other people. The, the video is, I've watched it three or four times now, maybe more, and um, there is so much in it, and I would just encourage you, encourage you to pursue thinking about this. Joel challenged us, over communion, to think about his glory and then ask him to show you his glory. And I want to say that there are people praying for a glimpse of God in community. And Kate challenged us. We are the answer to their prayer. God says, my righteousness that I've clothed you with needs to be exemplified, modeled, shown in community in the families that you're with, in the relationships that you have, in the way that you parent, in the, the, way, in the way you husband or wife or work or serve or whatever you do, there, could, there is room for righteousness to manifest. Jesus is the righteous one. He is the gift that we have been given And oh boy, if it doesn't change your life and your life change your world, then I don't think you fully understand the gift that you've been given. The forgiveness of your sin, the hope for a future and in his presence. If it doesn't change the way you live, I don't think you have a full revelation of how wonderful he is. Hence Joel nudging us. This is what communion is about. Just think on him. Let him influence you. A couple of, I wrote down a couple of things that this video jump spoke to me about. Seeking righteousness and justice for others is a radical way of life, not a convenient way of life, nor an easy way of life. It didn't say it like that, but that's my That's my condensed picture of it. It's a choice that we make to put others first, to lift others up. Because we have been redeemed, restored, we can therefore help others to be redeemed, restored. And it might be 
uh, help with a, with a food parcel, or it might be wisdom in how to budget, or it might be being a friend of having a friendship, or it might be whatever you could imagine being used to lift up other people, it's up to you to actually manifest that. It's a courageous, it, sorry, it is courageously making other people's problems my problem. Wow, what a statement. Courageously. Because the pressure is, well, actually, I've got, oh, I've got all these problems of my own. I can't take on your problems. But actually, what does it look like when you choose to jump into somebody's situation because they're asking for help and you say, I'll show you a better way. Not a perfect way, but let me help you. Let me help you find what I found. And it's not about just bringing them to Jesus. It's about maybe helping them manage a budget. But it's a manifestation of righteousness that's within you, that God set you right, and so you can help others find a way that is right. Loving your neighbor as yourself. I read that somewhere, that we're meant to be doing that. Righteousness is how we show up for one another. It's how we show up. Do we love? Do we care? The story of the Good Samaritan, you, you know the story. If you haven't read the story, you'll find it in, in Luke uh, 10. Um, Jesus just tells this brilliant story of righteousness in, in such an unexpected way. Righteousness, doing the right thing. Righteousness. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. He loves righteous deeds. This is Psalm 11, verse 7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. We're praying, show me your glory. I want to say, be righteous. Do righteousness. Do righteousness. The prophet speaks to the king of Judah in Jeremiah 20, uh, what is it? Jeremiah 22, 3, which was there, but it's here in the Bible. Do justice. Do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed. Care for the immigrant, the orphan, and the widow. The challenge from the prophet to the king is to do it, to do it, not just be it, but to do it. You see, because it can, it, if you've received it, that's great, but you've received it for a purpose, for it to flow out of you. Freely you've been given, freely give. It's meant to flow. Righteousness is a choice, not just to do what is right, but to allow what God has done in you to flow out to others. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, we're asked in Psalm 24. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. What's the benefit? God will make you righteous. If you've got clean hands and a pure heart, it doesn't mean perfect. It means that you genuinely want to actually... Enter into his presence. You want to see his glory. He's going to give you opportunities to manifest righteousness. Uh, 
that means you're going to be in situations where there's wrongness. Because he wants you to manifest his righteousness, his glory. That's how his glory will fill the earth, when the church manifests his righteousness, demonstrating his glory. You see, if you seek to do right by God, it will naturally follow that you will do right by others. If you want to do right by him, and you realize that these humans are made in his image, well, I, can't, I can't just ignore the fact that you're in pain, that you're in difficulty, that you're in trepidation and turmoil. I can't just turn a blind eye. I have to care because you're made in his image, and therefore he cares about you. Therefore, I must care about you. You can't just go to church and think it's enough. You've got to manifest his glory wherever you are by being righteous, doing righteousness, being just. You know, as I was writing this and thinking about this over this week, well, actually, I wrote this last night because I haven't had time to 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 write anything down, but I've been thinking about it an awful lot and just praying, saying, God, this morning I'm just trying to zone out from meeting all of you, and so I had my head down and people wanted to talk to me and I want to talk to people, but I, I'm saying, God, I haven't got clarity. I know what's in my heart. I know what's in my heart, but how do I communicate in a way that people go away understanding that there is a call to righteousness from you, not from me? Because if you just hear my words and you don't hear Holy Spirit nudging you to actually think about how you act, think about how you feel, think about how you care, think about, thinking about how you love, then we rob him of what is rightfully his. Glory. Glory. I don't know who's said it this morning because I've heard so much of what's been echoing in my mind But when other people say, I prayed and God answered, and wow, here's the answer to my prayer. And suddenly there is glory manifesting because they've been nudged to do the right thing because of your encouragement or your model or your lifestyle. Suddenly there is this transformation that's extraordinary. Let me just read to you Matthew 25. Matthew 25, 31. Where are we? But when the Son of Man comes, this is Jesus' words, when the Son of Man comes into his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the peoples as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, You who are blessed, remember that word, blessed? Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then notice what he says next. So he's called the blessed, 
And he said, you did these things. And then verse 37, he says this. Then, then these righteous ones will reply. These righteous ones will reply. Why are they righteous? Because they were caring for those that were experiencing injustice or they were in need. And they needed the right thing to be happening for them. And somebody did it. And he calls them the righteous ones. And they reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I'll tell you the truth. When he did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I'll tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And then they will go away into eternal punishment for the righteous will go into eternal life. I want you to see how important righteousness is to him, to him. I'm not going to measure your righteousness because if you do it rightly, your left hand won't know what your right hand's doing. So it's not about going around bragging about how great you are and how much you've helped and what you, you know, the care that you've given. But there are some things, like Kate did, where we need to understand what is happening. So Kate sharing statistics isn't bragging. It's information to energize you to understand, as church, we are seeking to be righteous. To do what is right. So that there is justice experienced in Llanelli. So Llanelli becomes a place where it's hard to go to hell because the church is fully active, standing in righteousness, saying, this is wrong, and so let's get involved and help and bring transformation so that righteousness flourishes in our community. Only those who do the will of my Father in heaven will enter heaven. Matthew seven twenty one. We are called to do what matters to him. Okay? And I've written... I've written it, I've kind of written it almost with a fist. This matters. This matters to me because it matters to God. And full stop. Amen. That's it. Righteousness matters to him. He is righteous. When you manifest righteousness, you know what I think he does? In my mind's eye, I sense this. Oh, look. There's somebody who's got it all together. No, 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 no. I don't think he does that at all. 
I think he says, oh, look, somebody manifesting me. Somebody showing me off. Somebody manifesting my glory. Wow. I want to bless them. I'm going to pour out my spirit on them. I'm going to strengthen them. I'm going to resource them because they're, they are showing me to others because they're doing righteousness and they're doing justice. They're not just thinking about it, praying about it, but they've got legs on their prayers and it's changing culture and community and families and individuals who matter to him because they're made in his image and they are precious to him therefore they're precious to me so righteousness matters it matters because it matters to him so father i pray in my fumbling and stumbling way god i pray the the words that i've shared the thoughts that i've tried to unpack the things that are in me i pray god that there will be just room for people to hear you calling them to make choices to live righteously to hunger and thirst after righteousness because god you plan to fill them lord and when we're filled we overflow and out of our overflowing, God, your kingdom comes. People are saved and healed and delivered. Lord, people experience your love and your faithfulness, your magnificent greatness. They see a dimension of you. In the, uh, as we twist our lives to align with your words, Lord, they will begin to see the, in, the, in the kaleidoscope of their life, they would see your glory manifest through the righteousness and the justice that we hunger and thirst for. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.